0: sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
1: People have been willing to do anything to make any physical threat against my family, to send any violent email to my wife, to make any kind of allegation against me and against my friends, to blow me up and take me down. I hate to say this, but this is worse than Robert Bork, and I didn't think it could get any worse than that. This is worse than Clarence Thomas. I didn't think it could get any worse than that. This is a national disgrace.
2: This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. But let me tell you, when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process? You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. I don't think this whole year of the woman thing, I wonder if they haven't bit off more than they can chew on that because I think it could easily as well turn out to be the year of the man who feel like the target is on their back. And now,
1: Stacey Washington.
3: The year of the woman, the year of the man, the year of your gender, the year of your, you know, elbow, the year of your foot. How about if we just have a year where people don't act like maniacs? Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the program. Stacey Washington. I'm was Stacey on the right here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Fantastic to be with you. I just got to say, boy, as the worm turns, it has been nonstop, just switches and changes. And if you think it's going too quickly or that there's so much going on that, look, God is in control. Simmer down. Let's enhance our calm. Let's not look at the outer appearances. Let's understand what's going on. This is a battle over abortion. This is a battle over one party's ability to completely reshape this country using only the courts because they can't win at the ballot box. That's what this is about. So as long as we know that, as long as we're willing to admit that, then we have an amazing ability right now to rely on God to pray about this issue and to keep it moving because there's so much other news going on. Did you hear about the data breach? 50 million Facebook users having their accounts. I mean, total, total insecurity that happened. Uh, Some hacker says he's going to take Mark Zuckerberg's account and delete it on Sunday. Some Taiwanese guy who's a white hat hacker, you heard about that? Maybe not because what people want you to think is that These allegations against Judge Brett Kavanaugh and the destruction of his family and children are the only story in town and that there's nothing else that matters. And and let me tell you, it's important. I understand the stakes are high because we're talking about, as I said, abortion. But it doesn't all end there. The end of the battle isn't, oh, what if they eliminate abortion? What if Roe v. Wade is overturned? It gets remanded back to the states. It's still a battle. Nothing is over. Nothing has even really begun just yet because we're still funding them, you know, almost $2 billion a year. So, yes, this is important, and we're going to talk about it today. We also have Arielle Davidson. She's an economic research assistant at the Hoover Institution, also a contributor to the Federalist in Town Hall. And we're going to talk with her about news of the day, Kavanaugh, you know, a, a, a host of issues. We're going to take your calls. In fact, we'll take those. We will take your calls um, pretty much all over, um, talking about, let's see, yeah, eight six six nine six three two zero three seven. I have my wrong interface up here on the screen. Uh, 866-963-2037. We'll take your calls all this hour. It's Friday. So, you know, and, and I'm not changing my demeanor because of what I've just seen out of Flaky Jeff Flake and all of that. Nope. Still a child of the king. God is still in control. We're still running this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prayer saves the day every day. We're I'm I am not deterred. These momentary setbacks, these tiny lapses in the battle, yes, they're you know they they can be very frustrating, but we have to have our eyes on the end goal. And the end goal is, first of all, you know, obviously in the Kavanaugh story, it's getting Kavanaugh onto the Supreme Court. I think Let's just, just ponder this for a second before we get to Nancy Pelosi saying she was praying to somebody. I don't know who. Um, so th- do you agree with me that there's perhaps a unintended consequence of how nasty things got this past two weeks for Brett Kavanaugh? And when I say that, what it, here's what I mean. I mean that in some ways, Judge Kavanaugh was... Although definitely a Republican, a a kind of a moderate Republican. In fact, one of the reasons that I've heard in back channel and, you know, open channel is that the reason he was chosen is because they thought he might be easier to get through for that swing vote seat, as the Democrats like to call it, because he was a little more moderate and because he'd been shown to be very, very strong on civil rights and protecting people who've been incarcerated and allowing people who've been incarcerated to appeal, et cetera, et cetera. And so they thought he'd be a more moderate choice. Don't you feel that after having his family completely eviscerated by this process or being wrongly accused by the Democrats, not based on his record, but based on scurrilous allegations against him, accusations that have, they're baseless, that in some ways they have moved him further to the right than he would have normally found himself? If you think about what he said yesterday when he talked about, La- them lashing back at him, taking revenge on him, possibly because of the Clintons, possibly because of uh, the Merrick Garland issue with the the, the Supreme Court seat, because they want to hold the seat open and they don't want to give him a chance to go on the court because they want someone of their own choosing because they are politically motivated. And, and this side of the political spectrum is really interested in getting that that win in November, more interested in that than having a fully functioning Supreme Court, which If you think about the character of Judge Kavanaugh and what he shared during his 30 plus hours of testimony and his 300 and some odd opinions, he really is someone who hews strongly to the rules and, you know, precedent that that was one of the things that they were so concerned about. Does he respect precedent? Well, he does. So someone who is that much of a rule follower and that much of, you know, he's just been so careful to keep a clean and upright life to have that destroyed. To have his daughters now have to be taunted at school and your dad's a rapist, that type of thing. To to see his wife threatened, to see his entire carefully constructed world completely smashed down just because he said, yes, I'll go out for this Supreme Court nomination. I'd be honored to serve. It has an impact on you. Look at all the people in Ohio who are running away from the Democrat party affiliation and switching their party affiliation. Look at all of the people across the country. No, they're not bots. Don't be fooled. People who are using the hashtag walk away and leaving an ideology that they feel is very, very totalitarian. I posit to you that in the privacy of your own thoughts, a moderate position is in danger if those who support that moderate position or individuals to one side of that position attack you, it tends to push you to the other side. And I don't mean regular attacks because he was actually prepared for a normal confirmation process that would be contentious. He was prepared for what is the new norm, which is character assassination. But he was not prepared to be forever branded a rapist. And since that's what the Democrats have done, it's just – It was the ring of his statements yesterday that really made me think he's changed and it might be largely beneficial to people like myself where I'm this this, again, this isn't really about the party. Yeah. Stacy on the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not about the party for me as in I'm only with them because I love Republicans or the color red is my favorite or, you know, uh, elephants are just awesome. No, mm -mm. it's, What does God's word say about abortion? What does it say about marriage? What does it say about gender? What does it say about headship and submission and the role of a man and a woman and the role of children, the role of your workplace? What do you do in those situations per the word of God? When you look at it from that perspective and then you see what's been done to Judge Kavanaugh and you see that he's a man of faith, there may be some things that he was, quite moderate on, that he would be reassessing right now because that moderate position is very close to those who undertook the task of completely destroying him. And so I say, you know, it, it's, it's a monster of their own making. When I look at Donald Trump in the White House, and sometimes he's, you know, swinging a bat and sometimes he's swinging a sledgehammer, and we all know the difference between a bat and a sledgehammer is, I mean, it's, it's a major difference. Sometimes he's like a soft breeze. That's very rare. Other times he's like a tornado. But who got him there? Sure, the electorate got him there. But who brought Donald Trump to the forefront? Who gave him $22 million worth of free airtime? Well, it was the left. And so, you know, I truly believe that Judge Kavanaugh will make it onto the Supreme Court. I'm no crystal ball, you know, purveyor. I don't believe in that stuff. I can't predict the future, but I believe he's going to be confirmed. If that happens, I also believe that he will be further to the right than he was three weeks ago as a jurist. I believe that his last cases that he adjudicated, and I I still think he'll be according to the Constitution. I think he's going to be a constructionist. I think he's going to, you know, he's he's going to believe in precedent. But I also believe that this process and the attacks by the Democrats have forever changed his perspective politically. And there's no way that does not happen to change the way he writes opinions and the way he adjudicates cases. We have audio, but I want to go to the phones. Liz in Kansas, thank you so much for calling the show today. Happy Friday.
4: Hello. Happy Friday. Thank you for having me.
3: Sure. I just wanted to
4: comment and say how excited and encouraged that I am. I am a longtime conservative Republican, and I just love that Kavanaugh stuck strong and just the way that he was asked the questions. And one of the last questions before they closed yesterday was, "Do you swear to God, swear to God, that you did not do this?" And he mm-hmm. says, "I swear." To put God in the seat where he was supposed to be from the beginning, and to watch the faces of the Democrats fall, Mm -hmm. to know that that is where we are coming from. We are rising up as Christians in this nation, and I am encouraged to know that God is in control, and it is good. It
3: is good. (laughs) I'm with you. Thank you. That's a fantastic sentiment for Friday, Liz. Awesome call. Let's do one more, Dan in Arkansas, and we'll we'll also take calls in, in each segment this hour. Friday, it's I'm so happy to get to talk to you, uh, Dan in Arkansas. Thank you so much for calling.
1: Oh, thank you for taking my call. So I just wanted to make a comment. It's something that has been very puzzling to me for some time, and that is the irony behind um, if a pregnant woman. In Arkansas is in an automobile accident mm-hmm. and loses her child. It is considered manslaughter. Mm-hmm. however, abortion is totally legal and is not manslaughter and the irony behind that just you know, I find it very baffling, so I'll hang up and and listen to what you have to say
3: thank you so much dan um this This point has been made excellently as it was by Dan just now, and so many others have made it, which is that there's this huge double standard if if a man you know God forbid murders his wife and she's pregnant, he's brought up on murder charges for two people. But if a woman decides to go to a Planned Parenthood or some other clinic and have an abortion, that's just constitutionally protected, you know, reproductive rights, or as the Democrats are now calling it, health care. It's not right. It's not the way we should believe. It's not something that we're, you know, I, I'm, I'm ashamed of it. I, I think a lot of Americans are ashamed of that. And, uh, you know, <sighs> we got to pray for wisdom. We have to pray for people to be able to see that, that very clearly, like it took Dan, what less than 60 seconds, maybe 45 seconds to lay that out. But there are people who are deceived who truly and honestly believe that abortion is healthcare and, or abortion is just some, right. And, um, they just, they're deceived. And so we got to do what we can to, to bring the truth and, Part of that is praying. And I'm just asking everybody, just a reminder, it's Friday. We have, uh, you know, you have maybe late lunch today. I'm not sure if you've had lunch and then you have dinner time. When you pray over your meal, please pray for this process that tomorrow the Senate will not, no, no more investigations, that there will be a full vote on Kavanaugh's seating on the Supreme Court. And pray for him and his family. My heart broke yesterday listening to him talk about the things in his life that are, have changed forever for him. And I pray for reconciliation and healing and all of that for their family. And I ask you to join me in doing that. Thank you so much for those who have, who said, you know, that you're, you're doing that. We're going to continue to take calls. So hang with me and we'll have our guest, Ariel Davidson, also next segment. Stay right there. American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
5: What if I told you that you could clean your family's laundry and help reach the next generation at the same time? That opportunity is here, through a company called Redeem Clean. Every time you use Redeem Clean products, you help support the ministry of the American Family Association. In addition to your regular AFA giving, Redeem Clean laundry detergent allows you to increase your support of AFA just by continuing to wash your family's clothes. Redeem Clean products work as well as or better than other products on the market. They're environmentally safe, biodegradable, and they're made in the USA. And they were developed exclusively for the support of the American Family Association. For clean laundry and support of a cleaner society, it's Redeem Clean. Learn more, find options, and order Redeem Clean products at afastore.net. That's afastore.net. Hi,
0: I'm Crawford-Loritz with a Legacy Moment. I suppose we've all had our encounters with vindictive, manipulative people, and you know it's not pleasant. These are people who, for whatever reason, shape the truth, bend situations, and devise schemes to make sure they come out on top or get their own way at the expense of others. In fact, not long ago, I warned a young man who unfortunately got in the crosshairs of one of these manipulators. Be careful. Don't meet with this individual by yourself. Chances are what you say in that meeting is not the same thing he'll say when you walk out of the meeting. We need to heed the old warning. Be careful whom you trust. But on the other hand, these dishonest manipulators will be held accountable. Psalm 7 verses 14 through 16 have a word concerning those folks who are schemers and manipulators. Behold, he travails with wickedness and he conceives mischief and brings forth falsehood. He has dug a pit and hollowed it out and has fallen into the hole which he made. His mischief will return upon his own head, and his violence will descend upon his pate. Allow me to make two observations. Number one, manipulation and evil schemers will return to the person. No one ever gets away with evil, ever. Number two, the price for using and hurting others is too high. If you want to get even with somebody, you might want to take pause. You may want to ask yourself, is getting back at him or her really worth that much? Here's what I want you to remember today. You can never justify manipulation and evil. You are called to do what is right, not what is convenient or personally beneficial. Remember, we will definitely reap what we sow. More information about the ministry of
5: Crawford Lawrence can be found online at livingalegacy.org. Welcome back to
0: Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
3: Hey there. Welcome back to the program here on American Family Radio. AFR.net is the website. You can also find American Family Radio on Facebook. I just shared a uh, good story from there from American Family Radio on my Facebook page. You can go there and click through to the page and like it as well. So we'd love for you to do that. And I'd also like to take one quick call before we go to Ariel Davidson. It's Rebecca in Louisiana. Thank you so much for calling the show today. Hey Rebecca. Welcome hey, to the program. Stacey. Hey. Hey, how are you? Doing well.
4: <laughs> you know, I've just been so angry with this whole Kavanaugh thing and just how ridiculously idiotic it is. And uh God just put this on my heart. Uh because sometimes you've just got to laugh. And it made me think of, you know, Jeff Flake and the other lady who decided there <laughs> needs to be an FBI
2: investigation. Yeah. It made
4: me think of an Old Testament story. And um, this reminded me of the, the she-bears coming out of the woods and uh, devouring the who mocked the man of God. And not that I, you know, then is the Lord. Please hear me on that. But you just might want to tell them not to go, you know, in the woods or anything, because God will take care of his problem one way or the other.
3: Mm. I love it when people bring the biblical stories to bear on today's news. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for sharing that. And happy Friday to you. Um, OK, it's my pleasure to go to Ariel Davidson, Economic Research Assistant at the Hoover Institution. And we'll take more calls in the next segment. But right now we got to get to Arielle. Thank you for joining us today.
4: Thanks for having me, Stacey. Always a pleasure to come on your show.
3: I am. I'm. I'm dying to hear what you have to say because you're always so astute. Your analysis is so dead on. What? What are we? What is this circus we're watching right here? <laughs> what is going uh, on? Jeff Flake is now in charge of the whole Senate. What's going on?
4: No, I mean, you know, it's been interesting watching uh, watching the hearings take place. I think you know a lot of people saw depending upon, I think Ted Cruz captured this really nicely today, depending upon what side of the political spectrum you're on, you watched a very different hearing yesterday. And I think someone, you know, made a good point. One of my um, political colleagues, she said, you know, it's possible Dr. Ford is telling the truth in terms of what she remembers. And it's possible that it wasn't Brett Kavanaugh. And I, I do believe that Brett Kavanaugh is innocent. And I do believe that something terrible happened to Dr. Ford, but I don't think it was, Justice, it was Judge Kavanaugh. And so in my mind, you know, I, I feel a lot of sympathy for Dr. Ford. I think she had a very, um, you know, she presented a very credible testimony. But what it comes down to is we don't have any evidence beyond her testimony to corroborate the events. And I'm not ready to destroy a man's career over something that can't be corroborated. And the witnesses that she said were there have no recollection of the event or the
6: party.
3: Yeah, so you're so much nicer than I am. It's, I know. It's, you're just nicer <laughs> than me, and I just, I know it, and I want to be nice, but I just can't. I think it's been squeezed out of me over the decades. So, <laughs> I mean, I do no, my best. I
4: mean, it's a circus, Stacey. It's it
3: a is. Circus. And it's I think
4: tr- Jeff Lake, you know, I think Jeff Lake is coming from a good place, actually, and I am not Jeff Lake's biggest fan. I think you and I have talked about him mm-hmm. a My concern <laughs> is that if he asks for another week, Uh, For an FBI investigation, the Democrats are going to put forth more garbage allegations like Mm -hmm. the gang rape one that came up in the past and then try to use that to protract the investigation, to protract this hearing um, and Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation. And what it will do is it will decrease the threshold in the future for any type of uh, confirmation hearing. Mm -hmm. And so what we'll start to see is random allegations Um, will stop people from coming into positions of power in the future. And it will actually, you know, as Lindsey Graham said, it will prevent good people from coming into government. They're not going to want to do it anymore. The stakes are too high. The character assassination.
3: They are. And I got to echo what you just said. I'll even take it a step further. I really think with the Ford allegations kind of falling apart due to a lack of evidence and the points that were made by Lindsey Graham, who used to be a prosecutor himself about how you have to have a certain amount of evidence in order to trigger an investigation. There's two things. First of all, the next allegations will will be much more heinous than the horrible, you know, rape trains and all of that stuff that they mentioned. I, I believe they'll come out with children that he's previously coached. You know, I, it's just demonic right. what they're up to, and I don't put anything past them. And I believe just like they were advertising for Christine Ford and Ramirez to come forward, they're advertising for some child to come forward. And how do you refute those allegations? How do you have a child come before the Senate Judiciary Committee and, and testify? And those allegations would have to be investigated by the police, which would completely derail the process. There's right. another no, I, thing. And I
4: agree. I well, agree. And, I just, and It, it yeah. puts the process at risk. It
3: does. does. And if you have to investigate one FBI investigation, so in other words, if one allegation prompts a FBI investigation, then what's to say that they won't also demand that Ramirez and the Avenatti accusers are also not investigated by the FBI, taking the process from one five day investigation to three five day investigations, which is 15 days, 15 business days. And that's if they get everything done on time, if witnesses Uh, cooperate and are willing to be interviewed. And we just saw how long it took to get Christine Blasey Ford, who flies all over the world all the time. It was the most difficult thing in the world to get her to come to Washington, D.C. on Thursday. I mean, it was literally the the worst thing in the world for her. What do you see happening with because I think a lot of people are really frustrated about the the, just the issue itself of having Republicans, people who claim to be Republicans like Jeff Flake and Murkowski and Collins but when it comes to time for the rubber to meet the road when we need them, they're never there. What do you think happens there? Because they come from kind of liberal strongholds.
4: Right. It's actually funny you're asking me about this because I was just chatting about this today with a few federalist people. Isn't it great that the Democrats never really, rarely have rogue senators, but we just need to have them in the multiples? You know, they, when they go to vote, they know pretty much with the exception of Manchin and West Virginia that everyone's going to vote the way they're supposed to. Or everyone's going to vote the way they expect them to. With Murkowski and Collins and Flake and a few others, sometimes even Corker, we're in a situation where we have to wonder and pound our heads against the wall to guess how they're going to vote. The GOP is unique like that. Um, They're less consolidated, I think, than the Democrats. Sometimes that's good for ideological diversity, but sometimes it really hurts us. And when it comes to voting, it most certainly hurts us because they're unreliable. We have a bunch of senators who are who are extremely unreliable um, when it comes to party line voting. So um, I'm not sure what happens next. I did hear murmurs that um, that Manchin and Collins Murkowski were all going to sort of vote the same way as a block, uh, and depending upon which way they swing, I I can't I can't predict now. Uh, If you had asked me early this morning if I thought the vote when the vote would come that Kavanaugh would be confirmed I would have said 100%. Um, my concern about delaying this delaying this further as Blake has suggested is that it removes us and creates distance from the Kavanaugh testimony. Right now the GOP is riding on some really good momentum. Um from Brett Kavanaugh's appearance. I think he spoke with clarity. I think he spoke with conviction. I think he spoke with what a lot of people are calling rightful indignation. Mm-hmm. The GOP is really riding on that momentum right now, and I think it will hurt them to have this protracted longer because it will create distance from that and people. it'll be less fresh in people's minds. Right now, it's very powerful. Um, and I am worried about that, and I'm particularly worried about that when it comes to those who really need the consenting. Um, you know, a.k.a. our rogue GOP
3: senators. Mm, Ariel, you make some good points there. Okay, so mm, I'm with you on Kavanaugh's appearance being very, very strong. I think it was also buttressed by the surprise righteous indignation that we saw. It was straight volcanic fire from Lindsey Graham and others, Mike Lee and uh, Senator Ted Cruz. They were also very strong yesterday. But I think there was something else for people who were watching online or went back and watched later. It was the faces of the Democrats as the as Senator Graham was castigating them. And then later they tried to clean it up. Cory Booker asked Judge Kavanaugh, do you think it's politically motivated? In other words, do you agree with the the insult that was levied at us as a way to kind of clean themselves off? And it didn't really work. I feel like the stench of the accusations that were hurled at them by Lindsey Graham stuck to them. And the only way to get rid of it is to put some distance between the actual accusations themselves, because you're right. Right now, Republicans are very strong in their unity surrounding the fact that Kavanaugh's innocent. They condemn that over time. I guess I'm just wondering, why would Murkowski at this stage where Republicans are actually righteously indignant as well? Why would she and Collins take this chance? Because they do still need Republican votes.
4: I think that, you know, ultimately they would, end up, they would end up confirming Kavanaugh. They're just such wild cards. And another thing that's sort of helpful is that, you know, that crossed my mind as you were talking is that, you know, Murkowski and Collins, their biggest issues haven't really been with individuals within the GOP. They're really just, they take issue with Trump. And I think one of the things that actually has been helpful is that Trump has really stayed out of this. Um, you know, he's been busy with the U.N., and so I think that's actually been kind of helpful. Because it's really allowed people to focus on Kavanaugh and, you know, just focus on the fact that we are confirming this particular justice, who is an independent person. It's not just Trump's nominee, but he is a nominee of the GOP. And I think that that actually resonates with people like Collins and Murkowski who take issue with Trump. I think it's been kind of a good thing that Trump has sort of um, taken a little bit of a backseat role here. He's been attending other affairs abroad. And I think that's been, you know, somewhat helpful. Um, especially for getting people, again, who are on the fence, who try to use their vote to weaponize against President Trump because they have their own issues and, you know, never Trump didn't end for them on the election day. So, you know, that's a separate issue. Um, but I do think that, you know, it's been somewhat helpful that Trump isn't busy with the U.N. right now in terms of dealing with those senators.
3: Hmm. Okay, you make a good point there. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, as you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, he even said... Thursday, he wasn't going to meet with Rosenstein because he didn't want to have the news draw away from the 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 hearing. He said yesterday, actually, he said this morning I saw on the press list they had you know, they asked him, what do you think about the fact that that a couple of senators are asking for a delay? And he said, I've just heard that just as you have. I was just in a meeting with whatever diplomat he's with today. He said, so I'm not really up on it. I don't have anything to say. As a strategy, it's brilliant because it keeps him from being the lightning rod that pushes people to one side or the other. Um, I I also am wondering how much does the the fact that a lot of these senators, at least some of them, are in these toss up states, so they've they're they're really in the race for their lives. They they voting against Kavanaugh could seal their fate as not going back in uh, you know in January. How much of a role does that play?
4: I mean, with people like Manchin, I think it plays a huge role Uh, in West Virginia. The margin of West Virginians that are in favor of confirming Kavanaugh is like a 20-point margin, which is huge. So uh, I think that for senators who are in fairly red states that happen to be Democrats, what we might call blue-dog Democrats, but, you know, they're not even— I'm not even sure if that's really the appropriate term any longer. um, Mm -hmm. They're feeling the heat. You know, I'd be curious. I was, um, you know, wondering— what the numbers look like in Alabama for doug jones uh there mm-hmm. are states where you have you know democratic senators who are going to be facing some heat um you know claire mcgaskell in missouri she's going to be up for reelection this, uh, in the midterm of 2018 i'm really curious how people in missouri might feel about this i haven't seen the numbers yet but i have a feeling given that i believe missouri went to trump
3: by 18.8 um, not- points <laughs> There you go. It was a rout. No, so
4: this, so it will be interesting to see how this impacts her reelection. I mean, she's she's gonna have big problems. Um, and I and I have a feeling I haven't heard anything about how she's voting, which tells me she's probably
3: voting uh, against. She's him already said she's voting against him. So she she said yeah, she was well, voting against go. him, but not because of the allegations. She said that his uh, his rulings on presidential power, statements on presidential power gave her pause, and so she was voting against him. It's a calculated risk because there's there's such a split in Missouri. It's a red state for sure. Outstate is is just as red as it can get, but the population centers are very blue. The su- the suburban areas are kind of purple. And so she's taken a gamble that the areas where her constituents lie are numerous enough, there are enough of them, that she can kowtow to them and still maintain her seat. Uh, but she's been very moderate on everything else. She, she sounds almost like Uh, a rhino Republican in some of these ads she's been running and, and it's fine. You know, you do what you got to do to win, but this should be an issue. Like this, this vote should be an issue that sticks for her. And I see her trying to kind of, she's running away from it. In my opinion,
4: I hope Holly brings it up. I hope he does. I hope he maximizes it uh,
3: because he really should. I mean, this is, this is an opportunity
4: for him to show that he might do a better job at demonstrating the will of the Missouri people Better than could. but that's hmm. you know if I if I were involved in Holly's campaign, I would really tell him to highlight this.
3: And then you also have Donnelly and Heitkamp. Yes. Hmm. And Donnelly is
4: I think Donnelly is also in the conglomerate of um, Mansion and Collins and Murkowski, who said they were all going to vote as a block. I believe it was those four together.
3: They're doing that because they're terrified. I don't know if you saw it was traveling around Facebook this picture of Dianne Feinstein with her arm up against the wall, like an aggressive boyfriend. And you've got Lisa Murkowski. Did (laughs) you see that? And Lisa Murkowski, who they look like they're the same height technically, but because Feinstein's arm is stretched up over the doorway and she's trapped, it looks like one of them is towering over the other. And one is explaining and the other one is just standing there looking very stern I mean, I'm wondering, is that the situation? Because I've been very hard on Mikowski, but maybe she's just afraid, you know, to, to vote like a Republican. Well, they're voting,
4: I mean, it's possible. You're right. If they're voting as a block, they're trying to avoid individual blame or individual responsibility associated with their vote, which is actually sort of an interesting tactic. You know, if, if you think about why people engage in mob-like behavior, it's to remove individual responsibility because they don't all – want to be, you know, individually associated with a decision or an event. So it's possible that these four are sticking together to sort of remove individual blame. Um, totally possible. And I also think they could just be scared. I mean, it's the left has done a great job of harassing people over this vote. If you notice, that, and I don't know if you noticed this today um, in the hearings, but, you know, in the, the individual statements from Democratic and Republican senators, the Democrats... Just continue to sort of um, talk about things, you know, rape culture and all the things that are very, very important, but I don't think we're directly represented in this case. And then you sort of had the Republican senators going on about how important it was to find common ground. And I think that message would be uh, that should be something
3: that we be... We're running out of time, Ariel. but it's fantastic to talk to you. We'll be back with more right after this.
6: St. John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Remember in the Word when Jesus was responding to Satan's antics? When Satan was trying to tempt Jesus with food, Jesus responded with himself. He responded with the Word. There are no new tricks in Satan's book. At the end of the day, his job is to create fear and doubt, and you know, steal, kill, and destroy. So if Jesus, who was fully God, responded to Satan with the word, why do we think that we can get along without the word? The Bible says, study to show thyself approved. Equip yourself with the word daily and watch your response to Satan's foolishness change. One of my coworkers, Pastor Joseph Parker, teaches that it's good to read at least three chapters a day. Sounds good to me. Today is a good day to start. With a heart for the urban family, I'm today's urban woman, Toni Johnson. Connect with us at urbanfamilytalk.com. Y'all have encouraged us to go out, stand for the word of God, stand politically.
3: It's truly a blessing to hear how God is using Urban Family Talk
6: I just wanna say I love everything that Urban Family does. Will you
4: take
3: a moment to share your story? Call 877-327-5647. That's 877-327-5647. Thanks.
1: My name's Brandon. I never imagined dealing drugs would end up costing my family so much. But when Teen Challenge opened the doors for me, I got the second chance I so desperately needed. Now I'm drug-free, and I'm making up for lost time.
2: If you know an adult or teenager who's struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge can help. Call us today at 417-581-2181. Or reach us online at
7: teenchallengeusa.com. This is Urban Family Talk. This is Fox on Justice. There were just a few parishioners gathered at Open Gate Ministries Church in East Granby, Connecticut. It was a Wednesday, and weekly prayer meetings are on Fridays. But co-pastors Michael and Colette Trzynski were there, and they were all joined by a man they didn't know. Colette described him as childlike and trusting. He opened up about his life and what he'd gone through, and he confessed to a murder the stabbing death of Melissa Milan four years ago on a nearby jogging trail. Michael Trusinski and two others at the church brought the man to the Simsbury Police Department.
2: 27-year-old William Leverett walked into the Simsbury Police Department and wanted to talk with police in regards to the murder that occurred in 2014. Over the course of several days, investigators had multiple conversations with Leverett. This resulted in an arrest warrant for William Leverett,
7: police lieutenant tom sheehan it had been a cold case no major leads or clues until lever decided to go into that church and confess with fox on justice hank weindlum fox news
0: you can download episodes of stacy of the right from the podcast page on afr.net or urbanfamilytalk.com now back to the show on american family radio and urban family talk
3: Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, Wow. That was a great interview. And also, wow, we still have great callers in the queue. Um, Okay, perfect. So let's, uh, if you'd like to call in, last segment of this hour, 866-963-203. 866-963-2037. 866-963-2037. Happy Friday to you. Welcome to American Family Radio. Stacy on the right. All right, let's go to John in Ohio. Hey, John, thanks so much for holding on, and happy Friday to you. Hey, John. I'm not sure if we still have him. Okay, well, if you'd like to call back, 866-963-2037. Let's um actually listen to some audio of the committee vote report. And this is some important stuff because today is the day that they were supposed to vote uh, Kavanaugh's nomination out of the judiciary committee. It's largely a procedural vote, but it's something that they traditionally have had happen before the full Senate will vote on a nominee. Let's listen to that. Mr. Chairman, the votes are 11 days,
1: 10 days. The nominee will be reported to the Mr. Board. Chairman, may I be recognized?
3: So that, is then right before Flake starts making all of his uh, you know, I guess, hey, I need you to do this, and hey I need you to do that i am I, I am kind of exhausted by the fact that in, and Ariel Davidson just discussed this, the Democrats always have pretty pretty solid knowledge. They even have people who are independents that caucus with them, and it's because they're kind of single minded in their desire to radically change what America is, and then Republicans are all into individual, you know, I, I'm an individual, I have my own thoughts, I have my own feelings, which means that really they're kind, they're kind of Democrats. Like Jeff Flake is a Democrat, really. He doesn't, he doesn't believe in Republican Party ideals. And that's why he's not running again, because he can't get elected on his little wishy-washy, middle-of-the-road, you know, kind of John McCain-ish uh, Republicanism. And that is, is, is a problem for him. So that's why he's not running again. And on his way out, he's basically slashing and burning all the way to, you know, January when he's done. And it's a shame. It's an utter shame. But there it is. Um, So now I'm going to go to Nancy Pelosi praying for divine intervention, and then we'll take some more calls. Uh, She says, I'm praying for divine intervention to stop Judge Kavanaugh.
5: My apologies if somebody asked this already. Sorry, I got here a little bit late. Um, Your judiciary chairman in waiting... Jerry Nadler was among the House members at the Kavanaugh oh, judiciary it? meeting this morning. What would you instruct, recommend Chairman Nadler do in January uh, on this issue?
8: Well, I'm hoping that Justice, that Judge Kavanaugh will not be a justice of the Supreme Court. Let's just take it mm-hmm. one day at a time. Uh, I did is. not know he was over there. I don't even know who was over there. I know a large number planned to go. But uh, we were fighting uh, for sanity in our tax code on the floor of the House over here, because once again, the Republicans are doing a a real disservice to the future of our country and what they're doing, depriving us of opportunities to invest in the education of our children, uh, the security of our seniors, uh, the needs of our veterans. It's, it's really appalling to give tax breaks to the wealthiest people in our country. But should, country. Nadler, like should Nadler
5: do hearings next year <clears throat> if he has that power? Well, let's
8: see. I'm, look, I'm ever hopeful of an intervention, prayerful of a divine intervention.
3: From who? Who would she be praying to, Nancy Pelosi, pro-abortionist extraordinaire? She came to take communion in, in uh, Washington, D.C., She has to take communion in her home diocese because it's more liberal. I mean, I'm, you know, no offense. I won't say I'm sorry because that's not true, but uh, no offense. Let's go to Steve in Illinois. Steve, thank you so much for calling the show and happy Friday. Welcome to the show. Uh, We're having some audio problems with this, I think. Um, I could not hear what he was saying, but I heard a little something. Um, call lines are still open at eight, six, six, nine, six, three, two, zero, three, seven. So one of the best moments of yesterday, which occurred while we were live here on the air was Lindsey Graham going crazy. I mean, he just, and I don't mean going crazy in a bad way. Sometimes there's going crazy in a bad way. And sometimes there's going crazy in, in a way that is like momentous. And for me, it was the reset button with Lindsey Graham. I cannot be, um, that person who doesn't acknowledge the fact that his statement was pivotal yesterday. Here's part of it, it's number three.
2: Did you know that her and her staff had this allegations for over 20 days? I did not know that at the time. if you wanted an FBI investigation, you could have come to us. What you want to do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You've said that, not me. You've got nothing to apologize for. When you see Sotomayor and Kagan tell them that Lindsey said, oh, because I voted for them, I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical, Sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power, but I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham that you knew about it and you held it. You had no intention of protecting Dr. Ford. None. She's as much of a victim as you are. I hate to say it because these have been my friends. But let me tell you, when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process. You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend.
3: Mm. You can hear the passion in his voice. You can hear how upset he is. And he's absolutely right. This is about controlling the court for the next 10, 15 years. And How do you know? Because Democrats are already saying that if Kavanaugh is seated, the entire court will be delegitimized like it wasn't delegitimized just a tad when Kagan and Sotomayor took their robes. Come on. Those two Marxists, they don't even believe in the same America we all believe in. They believe in it for themselves, but not for you and not for me, not for us peons. People who live in regular existences and don't have U.S. marshals protecting us. People who have to actually know how to shoot a gun ourselves and actually learn what the laws are in our state and actually plan on defending ourselves. People who have to actually take threats seriously and, and forward them to investigators ourselves. People who actually are responsible for making sure bills get paid because we don't make the kind of money that they make. We don't have the kind of power that they have. We don't have access to those insider trading opportunities. And so we as a people have to just live like regular Americans. And we're just so blessed to do so. Just so excited about being Americans. Just so excited that we can have our own guns and have our own Bibles and have church and have Bible study. And, you know, just live and la down on a Friday and do whatever we want. But, Sonia... And Elena, they live in that rarefied space where they can rain down prognostications from on high on the rest of us little flyover peons and let us worry about the damages. Let us worry about the ramifications as they ripple out all of the illegal immigration and the shipping off of American jobs. We get to care about that. They get to care about, well, I have a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. Thank you very much. I'm going to head over to some Federalist Society events, which, you know, God bless them. I'm glad they go. I'm glad those liberals take themselves over to the Federalist Society. They need to. They need to learn a a thing or two. But those people aren't on the Supreme Court because they want to uphold the Constitution. Those leftists are on the Supreme Court because they want to radically change America for you, not for them, for you. Understand that. You should be able to smell and hear the deception when it starts coming at you, and you should immediately have your hand up, no thank you. I will take my information without a side of deception or a veneer of deception. Keep your deception frosting. I'm ready for the truth. And that's what you're not going to get from Elena Kagan and Sotomayor. And and I'm glad Lindsey Graham has now seen the light after having voted for these kinds of people. He should never have cast a vote for them. Why is there all of this collegiality from the Republican side and the Democrats are out for blood? They're sharpening their knives and the Republicans have their um, shrimp forks out. And they're looking for the next door d'oeuvre. The Republicans are zipping up their third sweater vest or their third you know, waistcoat. And the Democrats are all down there you know, trying to p- pour metal into those little hollow balls so they can make, make, make weapons. They're, they're literally finding ways to destroy anyone on the right. And the Republicans are dancing square dance jigs. It's time for them to wake up and smell the rebellion. It's been brewing on the left for 30 years. The silent rage on the right needs to be expressed through our elected representation. And that's all the Republicans. And so Lindsey Graham had a moment yesterday. But how about it not be a moment? How about a bunch of those senators on the Republican side pick up that fire, put it in their own belly and start acting like they know who they work for? They work for their constituents who are sitting at home, going down their list, checking out their checkbooks, going through their bills making a life in this country. Their kids are overseas serving. Their husbands have served and they've made it back in whatever condition they made it back, leaving parts of themselves abroad on behalf of the Constitution of this country. And these Republicans are up in this house, paid for by us, living large, and they can't seem to find the right from the wrong with a bright flashlight in their face. And so we watched yesterday as Lindsey Graham finally came to his senses, but is it too late? Was his rant enough? I don't know. Let's go to Steve in Illinois. Thank you so much for calling today. Happy Friday. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thanks for calling the show. How are you? What's your comment? What's that? What's your comment? Did you call in to share a comment? Oh,
1: well, um, it's hard to hear you uh, kind of faint, but um, all this started uh, during Obama's administration, when they started changing the, how history it is you know, removal of all the uh, Confederate statutes and, and everything. And then now it's gotten to the point where it's It's not about right and wrong. It's not about having evidence. It's about the the court of public opinion. And I watched a hearing all day yesterday. I mean, all day from start to finish. And there was no credible evidence right there. And all the Democrats were doing was pushing for an FBI investigation. And... They know that the FBI has no authority granted to them to even start an investigation on this deal. But yet it's all anti-Trump. That's all it is. This is all political. It's anti-Trump. And if something don't happen real quick, this stuff's not going to end.
3: Nope, it sure won't. And thank you so much for calling, Steve. I got to say, you know, dead on. It started with Obama, but it was kind of before that as well, because remember Justice Bork or Judge Bork, how he was treated. Remember Judge Clarence Thomas, how he was treated. Anytime there's going to be a pivotal change on the court or someone will be elevated that doesn't fit the the mantra of Republicans, then the Democrats go ham and they they deliver these kind of reckless, uh, you know, just devilish, demonic attacks on these people when they're just going for something. It is the highest uh, judgeship in the land. But, um, yeah, you know, anyway, uh, Jim in Texas, thank you so much for calling the show. Happy Friday to you.
2: Hey, happy Friday back to you. Hey, <laughs> uh, I'm uh, so sick and tired of the Republicans uh, in office just being a bunch of political patsies. They're so weak and spineless, it makes me sick. And I keep praying that they get displaced by a true conservatives. And the the Democrats, like you're saying, keep using the same frickin' methodology from their playbook, Mm -hmm. bring out false allegations that are unfounded, unprovable, and bring people like Judge Roy Moore in Alabama down and and others. It's just uh, sickening to watch.
3: It is. It's sickening to watch. And every time we try to send, you know, kind of like a a train wrecker, and and I mean that in the best possible way, like Donald Trump— uh someone comes up well we need someone who's established we need someone who's known statewide no we need more regular joes like donald trump and and i know he's a billionaire but i mean regular joes in that he, his demeanor is not that of a billionaire his demeanor is that of somebody who's come up through the trenches and worked hard and he really doesn't have a whole lot of room for the kind of shenanigans that we're seeing from rhinos like jeff flake and so you know you're right you're right jim uh, we have time for one more quick call. Ann in Texas, thank you so much for calling the show today. You have a quick—we we just have a quick minute and something left. Oh, okay. Thank you. Just checking. Sure. sure. What's your comment? My comment is this:
6: I believe Dr. Ford 100, percent and the reason why is this: she didn't asked to be put in this position nobody is considering the fact that he could not be telling he could possibly not be telling the truth should I think things could have been handled a little bit differently yes however at the end of the day she has nothing to gain from this information she has okay nothing let me to stop you there she
3: works for the manufacturer of ru-486 which is the abortion pill in america she works for the abortion pill manufacturer and she has everything to gain from stopping Kavanaugh from going onto the Supreme Court because he might overturn Roe v. Wade and impact their sales. They're a multi-billion dollar company in this country. She has everything to gain. I'm sorry that you're deceived into thinking she doesn't, but Dr. Blasey Ford is a pro-abortion, hardcore, anatomical hat-wearing leftist and the Democrats are using her all right, that's the end of this part of the program. If you're leaving us, God bless you. If you're with us, then stay with us. It's uh, onenewsnow.com. Up next, the news from them. Stay there.